Hey, welcome to another episode of Moist Nougat. I am the kid. And I'm Danny. Uh we we came in a little unprepared this week. Yeah, to say the least. Uh not completely unprepared, but well, okay. yes, yes, completely unprepared. I, I know I'm completely unprepared. <laughs> I am as well. <laughs> um, so we're we're this is another wing it week, I guess. Wing it. Um, I did want to open up with uh, I finally finally got my first dose of the COVID nineteen vaccination. Yeah, yeah. I know that you you uh, and mom had gotten yours. Yeah, well, over a month ago, I guess. Yeah, we were. Uh... We were actually, I guess, in in the first phase. Yeah, well, that's because you're old as dirt, and you yeah, were able to a, get in earlier than me. There's not much dirt, I think, in top <laughs> somewhere on top of the Himalayas that you might find some older. But, but yeah, we uh, we we got the Johnson and Johnson, and uh, just decided that's what we're going to shoot for, and, and we were able to get it. And uh, we did wait though, we did wait uh, a little bit longer than we should have. So it was already open to other uh, age groups, right? But we went ahead and did it. Yeah, I uh, I could have got mine a little sooner, but they they made it kind of difficult to get signed up to get an appointment. And at this point, I mean, really, I mean, they are starting to open up just walk-ins. Yeah, that's good. But uh, mm-hmm. I got the uh, Moderna. Moderna. So I have to uh, wait four weeks. To get the second dose. Yeah. And then two weeks after that, I should be fully vaccinated, supposedly. Of course, I think this is going to end up being one of those things where you're going to have to do it every year. Yeah, it could be. So hopefully they can turn it into a one-dose thing. Right, right. Um, Hold on one second. We uh, had to take a minute. We had uh, some technical difficulties. Very technical. Um, but yeah, I got the uh, Moderna. My sister got the Moderna, and and both her girls, well, two of her girls, right? Um, Sarah, who was on the podcast with us before, I don't know if she's gotten vaccinated or if she's going to. I don't know. Um, Never had the conversation with her. My in-laws, they got the Johnson Johnson. They got theirs like a week before you guys got yours. Right. I, mean, I think it was right. like a week after they got theirs, you got. Yeah, we were fortunate to find it. Yeah, that was that was before all the crap started coming out with the Johnson and Johnson one where they were shutting down sites and right. doing right. this and that. Yeah. And because that's the one I was going to go get because it was a one and done. You yeah. know, you just go once, you get it. And uh, but then when all that stuff came out, I was just like, no, nah, I'm going to get one of the other ones. Mm hmm. And uh, the one that was available was the Moderna, I guess. Yeah. The Pfizer's the sexy, sexy uh, vaccination to get. That's yeah. you know, That's apparently f- on the internet, it's come out where you know, oh, yeah. the cool people get the Pfizer, and then right. you know the idiots and the poor people have to get something yeah. so they can get one of the other ones. People like us dragging our knuckles on the ground. Yeah, when yeah. we walk. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I didn't have any anything major side effects from it my arm was a little sore Mm -hmm. and uh i got a little bit fatigued later you know a few hours afterwards but right uh that was you know just a couple of days ago and i i feel fine they say the second one is you know because you're getting the full dose at that point you Mm -hmm. know you might feel a little worse right um I, i had no side effects no your mom did she had a few things 
wasn't feeling well, but I don't know. Just fortunate, I guess, for me. I just cruised through it. Yeah. She had a uh, a pneumonia shot that really took her down. No, she was not feeling good for a couple of days. Yeah, you were telling me about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had those before. I've had uh, double pneumonia, and then I've had pneumonia again years later after that. So uh, I'm an old hand at pneumonia. Know a lot about it. Yeah, I've fortunately never had it. Mm, yeah. My um, my advice is stay away from it. Yeah. You won't like yeah. it. <laughs> I, uh, <clears throat> I'm not real big on uh, medicine, taking pills for anything, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So I got a little bit nervous before I got the shot, but. Right. But, uh, you know, it was all fine. And it was just one of those things. It's like you just kind of, at this point in time, you have to do it. You just have to. Yeah, that's how I felt. Well, you know, if I get side effects, oh, well, here goes. Here's my arm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and if you feel like crap for a day or something, and I'm not worried necessarily about that. It's just more like, oh, you know, it's just shit. I'm going to have some sort of crazy allergic reaction to whatever medication I'm taking or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of a, uh, you know, just a weird fear. You know what I mean? Yeah. I described it to my wife one time. I said, uh, you know, and the weirdest thing is, is I've never really had like a, you know, knock on wood, had like a severe reaction to anything. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I still, it's, there's like a 30 or, you know, minute period after I take like a new, med, you know, if I went to the doctors and I said, well, you got to take this, you know, I get all worked up about it. Sure. And, uh, you know, once I take it, it's like, you know, there's like 30 minutes or so. It's like, you know, God, am I breathing right or is my chest getting heavy or, you know, then after the, you know, the half hour goes by or whatever, you're like, well, I guess it's not going to kill me. I guess I'm fine. Yeah. You know, and it's just weird. But I told my wife one time, I said that like it's like uh, it's the feeling. The only way I could describe it was like jumping into a pit of snakes, knowing that, that there was a one in a million or a billion chance that one of those snakes was poisonous. Right. That's that's the feeling I get. Yeah. You know, right. how many people are willing to jump into a pit of snakes? Uh, no. But there's other people that just whatever, you know, it's yeah. the doctor told me to take it. I'm going to take it. Yeah. They don't, you know, look anything up on side effects and which is usually the worst thing to do, mm-hmm. you know, because when it comes to taking, you know, any kind of medicine or drug, you know, uh, any any symptom that anybody had is is documented or whatever so you know right you know somebody got a headache somebody got diarrhea somebody got you know this or that you know it's all there yeah even if even if it's like you know that's that's one in a, a you know 10 million people that this happened to right right so so that's why testing takes so long it takes years i guess yeah, well, I mean, I think that's the fear that people have with the the vaccination because it came out quick and it, it hasn't been tested. I mean, we're we're the test. We are the the uh, guinea pigs in yeah. this thing. But, yeah, you know, that's right. Millions of people have gotten it, and it seems to be, you know, so far so good. And and if it works, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't still get COVID. Right. Right. It's just. If you do get it, 
the symptoms are going to be a lot less severe, yeah. you know, a lot less severe and, and you're, you're more than likely not going to die from it, you know? Right. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel good that I got it. Um, because I'm really starting to go stir crazy with this, you know, not being able to go out and do things and, yeah. and I'm not going to, you know, and I know I, my, my next appointment's not for another four weeks. And then I got to wait two weeks after that before I'm technically vaccinated. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and I'm not going to run out, you know, it's not, it's like, oh man, it's, it's mall time. I got to go to the mall or I want to go to the amusement park or, you know, no, I'm not going to do any of that crap. Cause I right. still have to worry about my wife. Right. Cause she can't get vaccinated until sometime in July mm-hmm. because of her, you know, MS. Right. And, uh, she just got her, her, uh, infusion last month. So she has to wait 90 days from that, that day because the infusion basically kicks the shit out of her immune system. Yeah, that's rough. And, uh, so she can't go until sometime in July. And then of course she's probably going to get one of the ones where you, you know, you get the two shot deal. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be July and then, you know, into August before she can get her second shot. And then another two weeks before that. So it's going to be, you know, end of August, beginning of September before she's, you know, going to be fully vaccinated. Yeah. Wow. Um, but I'm just looking forward to being able to, you know, go, go to my sisters or right. come see you guys at, yeah. at the campground or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, you got to get out. That's the human condition. You, you can't, you can't be confined without feeling closed in. It just, after a while, it's like, man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta have a little bit different scenery. Well, yeah, and it's, you know, and I'm not working right now, so, yeah, you know, the days just kind of run together. Yeah, yeah. You know? it's Yeah, it's a collection of things that just, they don't go well together. The human condition is just, you know, I got to feel free. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, you know, I need to be around people periodically, you know oh, what I yeah. mean? yeah, yeah. And uh, the, this whole thing i mean what it's been well i mean on a positive note uh mom came down with me today so i, I yeah. got to see my mom i think the last time i saw her was uh at christmas right and yeah, uh that's right you know for a, a few hours yeah and uh that was actually i think christmas eve mm-hmm. um but like my sister and and uh my nieces and nephew and stuff. I haven't seen them. And my brother-in-law, I haven't seen them since we were at the cabin. Yeah. Up in Tennessee uh, when this whole thing started. Exactly. Uh, in, in like March of 2020. Yeah. That's right. So it's, uh, so, you yeah. know, I'm going yeah. like 14 months of, you know, and I don't want to say like it feels like prison because it's like it's not prison because, you know, I got my drum kit here and I got my computer in. Yeah. But, uh, you know, my, uh, you know, my my uh excursion is maybe running into the grocery store yeah you know man, that's a blast too oh, man yeah. it's so much fun to go into the grocery store sure. you probably know everything that's on the counter is in there yeah that's how i'm I'm getting now oh yeah yeah and and we when we put in a we, we still do the the pickup deal where we put in the grocery order yeah uh when we're putting in a big you know regular grocery order um well, like yesterday, I ran. I ran in just to get like some stuff to get us through the weekend because we've got uh, a, a 
friend of my wife's is coming in to uh hang for a week and uh mm-hmm. so we're just kind of like let's get through the weekend and uh you know we'll, we'll do groceries when she gets here that way you know there's no point in like planning dinners and and she'll you know like ah, i don't really eat that yeah so yeah um but i guess enough of the pandemic crap i know we touched on it last week a little bit and it's, it's we have still, previously it's still looming larger than i want it to be um just, we, we watched a video a little while ago i showed you the video of those the tiny drum kits yeah yeah I'm, i didn't I'm, know those existed no and i'm super uh excited to, to learn a little more about them i, I want to know how much they are right right um i know that they don't come with the symbols they can't. I can't imagine they. And if they do, they're you know shitty, crap symbols. Oh my god, they they were tiny. Some of them were extremely tiny. It's yeah. Like, wow. It would just be a neat thing to to have. I mean, yeah. one of them was was so portable. It was literally like a small suitcase. Yeah. That had a handle that pulled up, and you could just roll it and carry. You know, it was like a carry on bag almost. That was the one we couldn't figure out how the bass drum worked. Yeah. Yeah. The video yeah. wasn't real clear on. It, no. On, it, uh, it didn't give you any heads up on no signs. No. And I and I'll be honest with you. That was the 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 as far as sound goes. That was the weakest one. Yeah. That I thought. I thought the uh, other three sounded uh, a little bit punchier, a little bit more depth to them. Yeah. It, I, think it, I, I forget looked, the names. On one of them was Gig Pig. Yeah, Gig Pig. And there was uh, the two of the kits were Gig Pigs, and then there was two other companies, but I, I can't remember no, what they I can't were. Either. Um, but I thought you'd be interested in seeing that. Oh, uh, the first place my mind goes to is okay, great idea. I'm excited now that I've seen these things. I'm excited now. It's like, what can I build? I mean, that's that's right where my head goes when I see stuff like this. Yeah, well, I mean, it's basically most of them. And I don't know if you, and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right. Cajon, yeah, Cajon. Uh, I've heard it yeah. said different ways. Basically, it's you know, it's like a wooden box that you sit on and that, mm-hmm. that you hit the sides of it and stuff like that. You know, and it's, it's, it's got good tonal wood. Um, it's it's got a big enough inside to it that you can get a deeper sound or a higher sound out of it, just depending. Right, and you can get you know you can buy one of those from basically you know a hundred bucks and up. Yeah, you know, and if it, if you're in amongst a a group of acoustic players, that's perfect. The sound level of it, it'll cut through. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think that's what the, they're basically for, you oh, know, because yeah. I mean, you, yeah, they're perfect. You know, the guy that goes to the coffee shop and can grab his acoustic and sit there and strum the acoustic, and the drummer's like, ah. You know, so now he can bring his cajon or right whatever you know, and yeah, I mean, there's always like uh, congas and and uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, bongos, bongos. Yeah, I couldn't even. I yeah. had to I had to point to the bongos right, that right. I have sitting on the shelf <laughs> so you could say it because I could not think of what the hell they were called. Yeah, I mean, there's so many uh, different different drums. Bongos are they're they have their shortcomings. I mean, they just don't project much of a sound, but yeah. And my issue with, I mean, with them, I bought them when I was going to the beach the first time. Uh-huh. And, uh, cause I, a couple of the guys were going, they, they played acoustic and, and, and uh, the little tiny, 
uh oh ukulele ukuleles or yeah yeah they were bringing that and i was like i want to grab some bongos so we can you know right do, and we i don't think we ever did the whole time i was there but i don't have that latin flair <laughs> you know what i mean i just could never of course it, when you're trying to play bongos to like acdc or something no. like that it doesn't really work out very no, well you, you'll never get the job with them but uh you didn't li- listen to enough Santana. No, I, I love Santana, but it's just like it's 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 in your blood or it's not. I think that right. that Latin flair. Right, right. And I don't think you have to be Latin necessarily to to have that flair. But yeah, um, you know, I'm more of a, a you know '80s metal kind of guy, so there's not a whole lot of Latin influence in in most of that music. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I love watching people that can actually play them. Oh yeah. So, you know, they can get so many different sounds out of it. How can you be a conga player? There's guys that have done it all their life. What what condition are your hands in? Your wrists? I mean, wow. Talk yeah. about taking a beating. And they beat the hell out of them too. Oh, God, they're playing hard. I mean, they slap their hands and their thumbs and stuff yeah. on the and on the edges where the you know, you're basically hitting a solid piece of wood. Yeah. When you come down on the very edge you know the beveled edge mm-hmm. or whatever um i just i love listening to cuban music that, that is my you know I, I just really really enjoy the the conga players in that yeah because it's it's an interesting music oh it is it's a very it's it's uh you've got to listen to a lot of it before you finally start to pick up the rhythms you know i'm not gonna i'm not just gonna sit down to recordings and start counting it's like i don't want to do that i want to enjoy the music right right but at the same time i'm you know it's it's making a mark in my brain and i'm 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 really uh, understanding after a while i slowly understand it yeah i go into it with that that thought because i want to enjoy the music first you know so uh man those guys play hard and they play they play interesting rhythms not that uh um, you know, any any music can be hard in interesting rhythms, but they got their own they got their own ideas, their own culture. Yeah, and the, the culture really shines through. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different kinds of music out there that that I like that I n- couldn't necessarily play. There's a friggin' fly. Oh yeah, that just will not leave me alone. No, it's uh, I'm watching it. It's all over. It's one of those ones. Even if we both had a fly swatter, we're not going to get it. No. Well, not to change the subject, but my wife is on a kick right now, and 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 she's trying to grow tomatoes and lettuce, and I'm not sure what else. She's trying to grow like cherry tomatoes, yeah, and regular tomatoes, and great. So uh, you've seen all the all the little seedlings. Yeah, I mean, she's got. uh, You know, I went and bought a bunch of terracotta pots for her. Oh, okay. And we bought a little shelf to put in in the kitchen where next to the the French door there, uh-huh. where they'd get light. But uh, now she's she's got like solo cups and Gatorade bottles with the tops cut off, and uh-huh. and and she's planting all kinds of shit. And and of course we have to carry it out in the morning, and then we bring it back in in the evening. <laughs> and she usually does most of it, but I I try to help her if I'm not busy doing something else. But uh huh. But yeah, I didn't know she was going to grow all this stuff 
that you know what I mean? I thought it was gonna be the terracotta pots. And now we've got, like I said, solo cups and okay. uh, you know, water bottles that the tops are cut off and Gatorade bottles that the tops are cut off and So in a couple of weeks if I call you and you say, Look, I'm I got I am running a tiller right now. I gotta get well, out and the, use it. Well that's what no no no. <laughs> Her dad that that lives next? next door. He's already tilled up the garden. Oh, okay. So a lot of this stuff is going in the ground very soon. Oh, okay. Good, um, good. She's just getting it started. I see. And so, yeah, we're taking it over and putting it in the ground, the actual putting it in the ground. Uh, well, that's soon. great. That's a, that's a money saver. You're not going out and buying all the seedlings already done for you. You're you're doing your best to get your own to come up. Right, right. That's, that's great. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I said, I don't know if she's going to try to plant. I mean, I... She's good at, at figuring stuff out and like what time of year you plant this, what time of year you uh-huh. plant that. Right. And uh and keeping the rabbits out of it. There you go. Right, right. You gotta have you gotta have your defenses up. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I'm not I don't have a green thumb. I'm not I mean I probably could do it if I if I yeah. put the time into it, but it's just never really been you know I, I don't have the space, but a garden, I enjoy gardening. I really do. I, I think it's great. I I mean, I might if I actually try it. It's just something that I've never really done. Yeah. But I know I I love how excited people get when they when their crops start coming in. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, they always have too much for themselves to eat. Right. So they're always going, man, I got some tomatoes here. You want some tomatoes? And, and I'm not going to lie, you know, something that's grown fresh out of the ground that, you know, it, it does taste good. Oh, yeah. It's excellent. And uh, I bought tomatoes at the grocery store. Um, yesterday, mm-hmm. and the, the, they were just sad. They were overripe. Oh, oh but yeah. They, but right, I got the two best ones I could find because we were gonna make BLTs tonight mm-hmm. or something. And uh, you know, you want them a little bit firm. And these, and I'm like, man, this is like a supposed to be a high end grocery store, but right. their produce is. And I'm not gonna even call the name out. But I, right, I shop there most of the time. Right, I don't blame you, but um. But their produce is just weak. And in this particular store, I'm not saying the whole chain. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Where's it, it, uh, is it primarily, right about now, this time of year, primarily coming out of uh, either greenhouses or uh, Mexico? Yeah. But I think they just, I don't know, if they just leave it out there for too long. Possibly. Because you know I mean? it's, it's uh, obviously, if you refrigerate it, It'll slow that down, but they don't have refrigeration. I mean, they got refrigeration for certain things in the middle of the store, but not out in the outer ring of the store where you know it's produce and right. in one area. But if they could, if they could refrigerate it, then you're going to get. It's going to be. You could actually buy something that's been there a while, but it'll still be much better than if it had just been sitting in in the regular climate. It would, yeah, it would have gone bad. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've I've. I learn a little bit more and more, especially because I'm the one running, you know, out to to grab this or grab that. That's one of the downsides of putting an order in and having, you know, who knows is pulling that grocery order. Mm -hmm. If they don't know anything about fruits and vegetables, like, you know, because an avocado is supposed to be hard or, you know, you know, it's one thing buying something that's that's not ripe enough yet because so you bring it home and in a couple days it's good. Yeah. That's but right. when it's already too far gone, it's like I got to take it home. I got to eat it today. Yeah, because in two days it's going to be basically rotten. Yeah, and I, I've got to be very selective because for the last 
well, I don't know, probably for the last six months, I've been focused on, on buying organic. Right. And so I know that, like, I buy or- organic lemons. And they're tinier in size. The uh, the casing on the lemon is thicker. Oh, so, is it so thicker? When, yeah, it is thicker. So when you cut them open, the you look at it, it's like, I want to squeeze these lemons. It's like, dang. I, I bought a bag of six lemons. It was uh three ninety nine for six lemons, which is not a bad price, but then when you look at the size of them, yeah, and how much juice you're gonna get out of them, it's like dang. Well, I mean, uh, unfortunately, the price of groceries is just yeah. getting stupid. Yeah, it is, and I th- I think with me wanting to buy organic as much as I can, boy, I better keep working my part time job. Yeah, well, like I said, I I ran in there yesterday. Of course, I bought some some. Uh, uh, some wine, you know, that was like you know seventeen dollars or whatever box wine. I drink box wine. I'm not. Right. A, I'm not a wine kind of sewer by oh, any means, but I do box like wine a, can be excellent. I do like a glass of wine uh, once in a while. Yeah, my sister loves it. She buys that. And uh, so I mean, that's like that was like seventeen dollars, and then I think I bought a six pack of beer, mm-hmm. which was like eight bucks or something, you know. Yeah. And uh. But my total bill was like ninety five dollars and and something, mm-hmm. and uh, I only got like I said I got like tomatoes. I bought a pack of bacon. Um, I bought like some dough to make pizza. Bacon's like eight bucks now. Yeah, this was uh, this was uh, I think like six forty nine oh, okay. for a pack of bacon. Yeah, that I got. Wow, even that. But I mean, I didn't me. get a whole lot. And it was like $95. Yeah, you don't get a whole lot now. And it was like, holy shit, you know? That's just... Yeah. You know, you walk out with like, you know, four or five plastic bags. Mm-hmm. And, and you spend 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like... I don't, I don't know how people are, can afford to live. I mean, we're fortunate because we can afford to go get groceries. But I mean, these people that are, you know... Like there's some people that are so far less fortunate than the, yeah. you kind of got to take a step back once in a while when you talk about like, yeah, I'm broke or whatever. Yeah. We're not going on vacations. We can't like, you know, we're not going to go buy a new car anytime soon. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, but we're not, <laughs> we're not struggling to put a meal on the table. Yeah. You know, we have a roof over our heads, so. Well, think about um, think about a depressed area like I, I'm assuming that Detroit hasn't bounced back yet. I may be way off on that. I think it was starting to bounce back, but I don't know okay. what this pandemic has done to Detroit. Yeah. I mean, they were still hurting. So what I'm thinking is that if, if you're living in Detroit and uh, things are tough, you have a lot of money, but you've got energy and you want to do the job, you're just thinking, well, you know, if I could just put in a vegetable plot. And my thought is, you ought to find uh, landowners in the inner city that have a space, a vacant lot, that's still overgrown with grass and weeds and stuff. Right. They haven't, there's no chance of building on it right now. And what they ought to do is cut them a real break on their taxes and say, look, if you just go to the community... And allow people to garden. Yeah, community garden. Garden in your area here. You know, give them a break. Give them a break. 
And then that gives people a chance at least to have fresh produce. Yeah. I mean, it's... I it, mean, there's community gardens all over. I mean, we have one here in town. Um, yeah, I mean, because I've never been a part of one. I and I uh, well, never the, lived... Uh, sporadically, I've lived in a city before, but very little. Well, that, that's the problem with the community garden. Not not that there's a problem with the community garden, but there's so many people that want to do it yeah. that it's, it's really hard to get your foot in the door and get, you know, get a, your little plot that you can plan in. Yeah, that's why I say it'd be up to the city fathers to go and the city mothers and, and city granddaughters to go and say, look, you know, we'll give you a break here on your tax, property taxes. And Yeah. Let, well, I mean, how many of these little strip mall things that you, you know, they built it, you know, 15 years ago and, uh, you know, it was all full for a while, but then, you know, six years ago they built a brand new one like right down the road yeah and now everybody moved out of there and moved into this other one so this one's just sitting there all vacant well up near where you guys lived when you had the house Mm -hmm. that that little strip mall thing they put in there i think it's a church now part of it yeah covenant covenant church yeah i mean they couldn't they put a little i mean some investor came in there and said oh this is a perfect spot for a little strip mall we'll get a bunch of people you know like a beauty salon and uh you know whatever you would would think and 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 it sat there empty for years and then a church ended up taking yeah the majority of it i don't know if they took the whole they they did they eventually took the whole building the whole thing that thing sat empty yeah i couldn't believe it. it was it was perfectly brand new everything in it was new and there it sat for years. Well, see, the problem with a community garden, though, is like you you could say, well, yeah, I've got this land, but I'm not going to make any money off a community garden. Right. I, you know, if I put a strip mall in it and then I can like lease these places out for some stupid amount of money. This is why small businesses can't right. <laughs> last or can't get started exist or get started yeah because yeah. you know you, you need a storefront and and they want you know thirty five hundred dollars a month for uh, for the lease and it's like yeah. you know i know you've got to clear at least thirty five hundred dollars a month just to pay the freaking that's not even turning the lights on right you know it's just like yeah it's like they don't want the small guy to get you know it's unfortunate. They want to keep keep the guy. I mean, and uh, like I said, like I don't want this to be a political thing, right? Uh, you know, we have our opinions on everything, but sure, uh, there's there's just enough out there with people spewing their opinions on politics and religion and this yeah. and that. But but it does feel like you know, the, I mean, it's the one percent. The one percent owns ninety nine percent of everything. Right. And the rest of us are just grunts, yeah. you know? There's probably, uh, I, I would, I remember um, Sam Walton. So he owned Walmart. And he was an interesting guy. Do you, do you remember his story or did you uh, ever, I, ever I see anything I remember parts of it. I think he actually was a decent human being. He seemed like, uh, you know, a guy that was really focused. And I, I he think, had no aspirations to even own a new truck. He had a an older truck that he used to drive around in in whatever town he lived in in, in Texas, I believe. Yeah, I think the greed part of it came or, in after he had passed on. Yeah, and uh, he just uh, drove around in that old truck and took care of his business and was proud that every, just about everything. I can't imagine everything, but just about everything for sale in his stores uh, was made in the USA. Yeah. So that was you know that was a big 
a part of his advertising. Yeah. And, uh, and no, nothing hard. Nothing's it's funny. It's anymore. funny how everything switched. And so, uh, yeah, I'm really surprised. I mean, just the idea, okay, just the idea of using a community property that's made available to you to do gardens. Why, uh, why wouldn't that spring up everywhere? And then secondly, um, cottage industries. I thought cottage industries back like 2000, uh, late 2007 and 2008, when that, that time frame got running and running, that's a poor choice of word. Nothing was running. Nothing was working. And then the whole, uh, money deal was so tight for years. I mean, we were in a downturn in the economy. Right. It was tremendous. And I, I really thought that there would be a lot of like little industries would come out of that. But again, you alluded to the fact that if somebody is going to build a, a strip mall, they're going to charge way too much to get in there to open your little store if you are trying to make it. Right. So just get, it's amazing that anybody can start a business and take off with it and keep it going. It's, yeah, well, it's so I, difficult. I, my thing is, is and I've, you've heard me say it a million times, I agreed runs everything and it's such a, on that level it's such a labor of love it's like me talking about um making i'd like to we saw these little uh opportunities for little drum kits that a drummer can, can walk in he's not making like they were talking about six seven trips from the car into the building carrying right. stuff like we did for years and uh they're carrying it all in in, in two hands yep and then setting it up well, that that's brilliant. You know, that's that's really smart. It really gets my ima- imagination running when I see that. So, someone was smart enough to be able to produce something here, and just put it out there and 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 try and figure out the best way to get it out there. And it's it's imagine that process. It's really difficult, but it's a labor of love. Yeah. Well, it's like that shark uh, Shark Tank. I don't know if you ever watched Shark Tank. You know, that's a show that I, I didn't ever really see. I, if, if I was channel surfing, I would have landed on it for a minute. I would have listened to somebody making an offer to them. And, and I was thinking, God, you know, this guy, he wants, uh, he wants to help him because he, see he sees the advantage in here for himself. But Well, they're investors. They want to make more money. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know when you're a billionaire or what, why you even... Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's part of my thing with it is that number one, I'll see people come in and and they may have a great product and they're already making, you know, they're making a really good living on it, you know, yeah, f- and living well. Mm-hmm. Why do you need to franchise it? Right. Greed, greed, right? You know, yeah. making six figures a year. Have, I live in a nice house. Uh, you know, we have a nice car. We go on vacations. We can afford to do all this. Yeah, but they see, I want more money. They I see want bigger. more. Yeah. I want more. Yeah. And that's the same thing with the judges. They'll, you'll see somebody come in there and, you know, they want, you know, 33 and a third percent. You know, it's like, you're a billionaire. Dude, why not just help somebody out? Yeah. I, I don't get it, but I, it all boils down to greed, basically. Um, that, yeah, that's that's definitely in there. There's a certain amount of it, and it's unfortunate. And, uh, yeah, I don't understand it because I'm not in the position to understand it, I guess. Yeah. But I just, I think even, you know, even if I hit the lottery, 
You know what I mean? I'm not going to go out and buy some stupid, you know, 10,000 square foot home. What okay. the hell do I need God, a 10,000 no. square foot home for? No. You know, I'm not going to buy a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or, no. you know. <laughs> I, I would be in no hurry to do anything. That's when I would start really slowing down, really contemplating. What can I do? What? what yeah. I mean, I mean, we talked about the lottery thing. Yeah. Yeah. Before. Sure. But uh, it, like so many people end up going broke. And yeah. it's like, how do you win? $20 million and end up broke 10 years later. Like, what yeah. the hell did you do? I, that's why I say I would slow right down. They want to live so high and so fast. Like they want to jump in right away and have everything. Yeah. It's well, like, I mean, what? <laughs> no, take it slow. Look around you and go, what would work for me? What really wouldn't work for me? Yeah. I'd probably book a, a beach vacation for at least three or four weeks. Oh yeah. And I would just sit there and just, take notes and pros and cons and sure you know what what kind of sense does this make and yeah. that make and watch watch the waves roll in i mean you've seen a lot of life you you know what's out there right but you isolate yourself watching the waves roll in but thinking just thinking sitting there thinking about the things that i used to think about the things i'd like to do now i can do them all now it's easy. I just walk out the door and I can make anything happen. Yep. But now how do I really make things that happen that are productive? And that's that would be my goal. I would I would uh definitely uh like to create an environment where talented people just need a break. Yeah, we we should do an episode on that uh really start thinking about uh, just a pretend like you just won, mm-hmm. you know, two hundred and fifty million in the right. lottery, yeah. and, and really sit down and, and and write down like things that you would want to do mm-hmm. with the money, and 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 uh, we should both do that, and then and maybe do an episode on it, and and just pretend we actually did. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think it would be, mm-hmm. you know, I always dream about it, and there's there's all kinds of little things I come up with in my head that I'm like, yeah, I would definitely do this, I would definitely do that. But yeah. when it really came to push a shove, I, I'd probably be a lot stingier than I actually think I would be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I just I wouldn't want to be wasteful with it. Yeah. You know, like I don't need. You know, like I said, I don't need the ten thousand square foot home. I'd rather I, you know. I'd like a house a little bit bigger than what I have. I, I'd like to have a, a like an outbuilding. Kind of for the like the studio, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and it would be a recording studio, yeah, you know, it, it'd be the whole full deal. But like I said, we we uh we should think about doing an episode on that, yeah, that's I, uh, I like that promise. That's yeah, that would work good. I think that uh, we should uh, take our five minute. 20 minute whatever it ends up being <laughs> it's basically instantaneous for you because i just hit pause and then i start yeah. again when we come back so but anyways i know you guys stretch your legs and we're about at that point so uh, cool we'll be back in any barriers between what five and five minutes and, and an hour and a half yeah that's okay. about it all right and we're back from our uh five minutes i don't know i didn't i didn't look at what time it was when we went out so i don't know actually how long it was but i know it was way longer than five minutes uh, 48 minutes probably close to that yeah um 
That's but, our idea. That's our idea of a five minute break. But it, it took a little time. We had to ditch our wives. <laughs> we kicked them out of the house. Yeah, and they're sitting next door up on the uh, yeah in the shade on the carport. Had to go pet the uh, the in laws' dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rudy actually came out of the gate. That was the first time. Yeah, what's the story with that? Yeah, I don't know. She just wouldn't come out of the gate. Uh huh. You know, you open the gate and she wouldn't come out. So but baby came out. Baby came out and was getting attention. And Rudy said, well, piss on that. Because all I have to do is walk over there and they're going to pet me. Then then I guess I'm coming out. Well, good. Because, I mean, it didn't seem like she was shy about it. But she she would just go up to an open gate and, and just never go through it. Well, that gate, I mean, she's only just been there, you know. Excuse me. Yeah. You know, okay. they have the dog door, then she can go in and out of the house as she pleases. But yeah, we, we tried to get her to come down here one time, and she just wouldn't come out of the gate. Yeah. So that was a big step then. Yeah, I, I got to witness it because baby will run down here, and she she loves coming in here. She just like yeah goes all over just like looking for right. There's got to be a treasure in here somewhere. There's oh, got to yeah. be a treasure in here somewhere. <laughs> Something I'm really gonna like. She has found. You know, because we give Ringo the raw hides once in a while. Not so much anymore. He doesn't. He doesn't really eat them that much anymore. Yeah. Like he'll walk around with it in his mouth and try to hide it. And yeah. And uh, you know, once in a while he'll he'll eat it, but a lot of times he just leaves you know part of it or whatever yeah. laying around. And uh-huh. baby will find that if she does find that, she beelines for the door. It's uh-huh. like I'm out of here now. I got what I was looking for. Yeah. I w- I just want to go home now. Yeah. Let me out before somebody takes it away. I got a winner. I found a winner. It's mine. Yeah. So, but uh, I guess we'll get into our top five this okay. week. And uh, yeah, we uh, we came up with this one literally minutes ago mm-hmm. because, like I said, we were kind of a little bit unprepared for this episode. But it is what it is, right? Um, but this week, I like our this. top five is, sorry, what were you going to say? I like this category. Go ahead. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I'm going to insert the intro music to our top five here. So this week, our top five is instruments, our top five instruments. And we're going to go five, four, three, two, one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to let Dan Lee start it out. I'm curious to see what your five instruments are yeah number five bass guitar okay i've tried to play regular guitar i it is impossible for me so well um, you know we've talked about it before there's two guitars right like right above you yeah and we got, uh, we got a nice looking epiphone hanging on the wall here and what's the other one a fender i think it's a fender yeah so a couple acoustic guitars and i i can't do it i, I literally can't do it i've, I've tried but i have like weird fingers i have like short stubby weird fingers well yeah you need long skinny fingers yeah you got because the neck especially the neck on an acoustic is is really thick right and that's all i want to do of course we're talking about guitars right now but uh Mm -hmm. we should be talking about bass yeah and and if an acoustic bass wasn't so expensive i may have actually bought one of those but they're right they're way more expensive than an acoustic guitar just because there's not that many people buying an acoustic bass. Right, right. Um, they nice actually to, sound pretty cool. And uh, acoustic bass, don't they come in, uh, are they typically a five-string? 
That I'm not sure. I haven't yeah. looked at one in a long time. Yeah, I, I can't remember. It's yeah, same thing for me. It's been a while. But the idea of the bass is it's it's a rhythm instrument where, <clears throat> uh, you know, guitars typically are uh, solo instruments or uh, bending notes, sliding notes. Right. So it's not. There's no hammering effect from your fingers. You're not banging string with your like right. like we see a lot it's of not bass a percussion players. instrument it's not a, yeah it's certainly not percussion um, i mean yeah you can do percussion tricks with it and I, I won't call them tricks because there's some people that are so talented they get great sounds out of them. yeah the finger tapping and all that but um but i think if if personally for me if i was gonna try to play a guitar yeah bass guitar would be what i would i would give an honest shot to yeah i mean i'm not sure why I I bought the acoustic guitar. I mean, I just wanted to learn some chords. Sure. Just so I could come up with melodies. Right. You know, I mean, I think we talked about this before in a podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know, but just to be able to, as a drummer, not being able to come up with the melody part, except in your head. And then we talked about how it gets interpreted from your head yeah. to an actual guitar player's head. Yeah. Or, it sounds nothing like where you wanted exactly. it to go. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you could actually come up with a melody on a bass guitar as well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that would have been probably a smarter purchase for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. But, you know, like I said, an acoustic bass, you know, I probably could have bought an electric bass and an amp for less than I could have got a uh, an acoustic bass for. Mm -hmm. Which then that takes away from, you know, be able to go to, like I said, like the coffee shop. And uh, sit in with the, uh, you know, the right. the guys that are playing their acoustics and stuff. It's like, well, wait a minute. I got to plug in somewhere. I got to get my amp out of the trunk, and I got to plug in. I wonder if they'll let me plug in in here. Right. You know? Uh, and then it just sounds out of place because it's not acoustic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, bass guitar. Um, my number five is the mandolin. Oh, yeah. Good I choice. love the sound of a mandolin. Mm -hmm. And that was another thing. Uh, it's like why? Why didn't I instead of buying the guitar? Why didn't I buy a mandolin? Mm -hmm. They're smaller. The necks are way smaller. Oh, so yeah. my short, stubby fingers might have been actually like handled the neck mm -hmm. of the the mandolin. Now is is that is that all five? Uh, you got picks on all five fingers? No, I, I don't think so. I I, I mean I'm I'm not exactly sure how you play the mandolin. Yeah, I'm not either. That's I, I think you might pick it like a guitar. Okay, but I think you can all. I mean, because you can even use the picks on a guitar you know the the finger picks mm -hmm. on all the fingers right um mandolin just strikes me like it goes well with banjo and I'm, I'm always thinking of banjo players having picks on yeah on every finger but not always though yeah um speaking of banjo uh uh steve martin hell of a banjo player he's great i, I like that group of guys he's with yeah, and not, I mean they're really good, and I'm not sure if they're out of North Carolina or Tennessee, but excellent, excellent group. Uh, and they, and of course they use a drummer, and I, I always looked at bluegrass and thought, why is there not a drummer in this music? They, you know, they're starting to incorporate it more now. Yeah, and I, I, I would I, have gone, I would have gone down that road. Yeah, because I used to, you know, you'd, you'd go hear a bluegrass playing play and, and you're sitting there going man what i could oh, that big fill right there yeah you know you, you can hear where the drums belong in bluegrass music. yeah it's just I, it, it was one of those things because like 
people didn't have drums, I guess, then. Or if they did, it was just, a, you know, like a marching snare kind of thing. Right, right. Um, and they were a lot loud. You know, drums are loud, so it's always hard as a drummer. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be know, the right person. You, there's not a knob that I can turn down. This yeah. is the volume that I play at. Yeah. I can't play to my potential if I'm laying back and, and holding back. So yeah. you turn up. Right. Or we're, we don't mesh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need to go elsewhere. <laughs> exactly. Because I, I, I've been played in musical situations where you got to hold back. That's It's like trying to rein in a, a somewhat wild horse yeah you can't you can't play your technique is your technique yeah and if you hit the drums hard you hit them hard right uh and i don't consider myself like a heavy hitter but i do hit them you mm -hmm. know that's the joy of playing the drums right of course we're getting ahead of ourselves yeah because i know where this top five is going here <laughs> <laughs> i think everybody does but yeah. uh so let's move on from the mandolin. Let's go into your number four. So I've got a, a woodwind, the flute. Okay. Yeah, I always you always, you had a flute. I did. I did. I, I I really wanted to learn. You wanted to be a flautist. A flautist. Yes, indeed. Gonna, you were going to start like a Jethro Tall cover band, weren't you? Well, not really, but <laughs> but um, it's funny when I wrote down flute, I wrote underneath it Jethro Tull. <laughs> because you know. The funny thing about Jethro Tull, <clears throat> the Grammys, the first year that the, the they offered a heavy metal Grammy, yeah, Jethro Tull won it the first year. Oh, that's not right. They were up against like Metallica. Oh, no, that's not right. No, it's not right. A guy that does like the pirate stance with a flute on stage and oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ian Anderson. Um, and it was funny because Metallica won it the, the following year. Oh, yeah. And their drummer, Lawless Ulrich, the first thing he said was, we'd like to thank Jethro Tall for not putting an album out this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I tried. I, ga I gave it an honest shot because I'm, I'm, I'm playing an instrument that uh, there is musicality to it, I suppose, if, if you're a purist about the drums. But I'm not. I never heard any melodies that I could put out. Yeah. <laughs> that was never my intent to play a melody on my drums. But I thought, what a what an interesting transition for me if I could play the flute and be a drummer like I am already and, and play the flute. I thought, well, that would be a great transition. Really? But, and, um, and especially if they, like, you know, well, I'll, I'll save this one. But but I, I, I never devoted, and I, I know what it takes. You know what it takes. It takes time. You got to put the time in. And, right. And I never gave it an honest, I had so many other distractions. I never gave it an honest try. Well, and that's, that's how it is with the guitars. Yeah. Sitting up there on the wall. It's like, you know, I could just grab one and, and you know, you got to get your fingers mm -hmm. calloused over or whatever. Because, yeah. I mean, after you play for a little while, you know, just trying to do the chords, you, your fingers start hurting pretty bad yeah and so that's when you got to set it down but pick it back up the next day and you got to work through a little bit of that pain oh yeah and it's the same with the drums when you haven't played in a while and you i always got the calluses on the inside of my you know right uh index finger i guess is what they call oh, yeah. it the pointer finger oh sure yeah yeah bl um, the blisters uh do come along oh yeah um but yeah the the the, the flute was never like one of my favorite sounding instruments but when i heard it played in in a rock and roll context i loved it 
Yeah, I thought it was it was a really uh, awesome instrument. See, I always wanted to play with like a sax player. Yeah, I do like the sound of a saxophone. Uh huh. Saxophone did not make my list. Um, but I guess you could call this a wind instrument. Uh, the harmonica. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and there again, we were just talking about um, not putting the time in. Uh, you know, I just haven't put the time in with it. You know, it's fun to play. I mean, mm-hmm. and it's it's one of those instruments where you can actually kind of fake it a little bit, like when you're just farting around. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> there's you know a specific way to actually play it and get notes, and then there's different keyed. You know, they, you know, yeah. I've got like a, a decent harmonica, but oh, I've yeah. also got like a, like a learner thing that, oh, it's okay. like a 10 pack. Yeah. And they're all in different keys. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh. Um, is yours a, a blues harp? Yeah. The, the one that I have. Yeah. Yeah. Your good one is a blues harp. It's a, you've got it right there. I do. It's called the blues bender. The blues bender. It's a honor. Oh, okay. Great. Great. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Sing along. (laughs) Everyone sing along. But but what I wanted to say was like you were talking about playing the flute Mm -hmm. and uh, as a drummer, you know how they make the the neck thing, the harmonica sits on your neck? <laughs> like they made something for the flute, but you'd have to have another hand to be able to. Oh my to, god, that'd be too funny. <laughs> That's why I wanted to save it for for uh, the harmonica thing. But uh, and I do have a story about the harmonica. Yeah. Um, my well, she's my niece, but through marriage, my my faith. You met her. We were playing, you know, beach ball with her there a couple weeks ago. And, oh, and the water balloons. And, uh, yeah, I. Yeah. <clears throat> I got to thinking one night, she had been over here, uh, and I was like, you know, harmonica would be fun to get her. So I, I went on Amazon, I found like a, you know, like a a learner harmonica, oh, you know, okay. it was like 10 bucks or something. Yeah. And uh, it's, it was actually a decent little harmonica. But she was over next door playing out on her playhouse over there, and I, I got mine out, and I went out and I sat in the chair, and I blew on it really loud a couple times, uh-huh. you know. You could almost, it's like a dog. You could almost see her ears perk up. Uh, like, no what, what was that? And all of a sudden she comes flying down and she's like, what do you got? And I had stuck it in my pocket. Uh-huh. That's I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. No, no, no. And she's like, let me, let me use it. So I, I came in and got hers uh-huh. that was still in the box and everything. And I let her get it out. And uh, she had gone back over and it was funny because I'd, I'd blow on mine a little bit and then she'd be over there and she'd blow on hers a little bit. Huh. But uh, they found a, a cat down way down behind the, the barn. Uh-huh. And, uh, it, well, a deceased cat. Oh. oh, okay. And, uh, uh, my father-in-law went to, uh, bury it. You know, he was digging a hole and stuff like that. And yeah. they're sitting there and, you know, all of a sudden she pulls that thing out of her pocket and starts playing like this little, like she didn't know how to play it, play it, but just like a real soft, slow, harmonic oh, no. music. Really? And I, I wasn't over there, but God, it would have been funny to have that on video. A, a funeral dirge for the, for <laughs> yeah. the cat. Um, oh my god! She's definitely a witty little kid. She's only six, but yeah, she's she's man. I, I hope she keeps. Funny. I hope she keeps that part of her personality. Yeah, yeah. She's uh she's full throttle though, man. I'm telling you, she is full throttle. Yeah, I, I, the water balloon thing was an eye opener. Yeah, what she she cracked like 
half a dozen or dozen over top of her head. Over she her just head. wanted to get wet. It's like, wait a minute, you're gonna you're supposed to be trying to get us wet, <laughs> right? She was just smashing <laughs> them over her head. Um, but yeah, harmonica was uh, number four on my list. Um, okay, what you looking at for number three? Uh, saxophone. Okay, so saxophone made your list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, worked with a uh, worked with a sax player. We just had a we had a trio: keyboards, uh, sax, and drums. And um, Rick was a uh, a graduate of uh, Eastman School of Music. Oh wow! So this guy had such talent, and uh, when he played the flute, and it was awesome. I mean, literally awesome. So. Yeah. He had so much control and sound. So he played the flute as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he wow. had. He had uh, so he had all three, uh, three uh, saxophones and a flute. But um, see, I'm not sure how similar like those wind instruments are. You know what I mean? Like, because I know like like some of them are lend something to the other. Where like if you can play mm-hmm. this, you can kind of play that. You know. I mean. Yeah. The flute is. Um, uh, don't ask me any terms. But you're just you're blowing across the hole. Okay. Okay. You're blowing across the hole, and uh, as far as the the pieces that you're fingering, see, I don't know any any of the terms. Right. What you're fingering is, I, I imagine, is somewhat similar. The way they seat and, and everything that you your action on it is probably similar to a sax. Yeah. But he he was amazing, and and some a good player like that. <clears throat> excuse me it brings out the best out of you and uh so it was it was very fun it was yeah like a very fun time yeah i never was a, i always wanted to i always wanted to play with a keyboard player too but it was never oh yeah able to yeah. to you know find a keyboard play. you know there's a lot of people that could play but they couldn't you know they could read music and play mm-hmm. you know like piano type music but as far as like rocking it up and and kind of like freelancing, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, when you when you read music and that's how you play, it's really hard to to uh, deviate from that, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I always like the, the the sound of a sax, and I'm not sure which one. I mean, because I what, there's you know like alto and yeah soprano soprano. There's your your bass. I mean, again, I'm going to come up short on all the correct terminology. Right. But there's, there's, there's one in particular, and I'm not, I couldn't tell you which one exactly it is. Um, I think, uh, but that one to me sounds the coolest out of all of them. Yeah, I mean, the sopranos. Uh, I think when you think of all the sax players, I mean, as a lead instrument, I think maybe the soprano is the one they go to the most. Yeah, there's one that's small. Well, there's a straight one, the alt, the alto. Alto, it's, that's the alto, the straight. smaller one. Yeah. yeah, I believe. Again, I could have it wrong. I, I should know. I should know the instruments, but yeah. Well, we didn't have a whole lot of time to research. No, our instruments no. that we chose for this top five that we did in you know yeah two and a half minutes. But but growing up, um, my my parents had all kinds of music. I I grew up in a, you know, typically, and I'm going to say typically is I wouldn't apply it a lot, but. I think typically people, if they like country, all right, then you're going to, you're going to, you're going to pretty much stick to country. You know, right. if that's what your like is. And I don't, I don't know who's, who's a sax player in, in, in 
country? I don't know. Boots Randolph was <laughs> was he a sax player? And was he in country? I don't know. I'm just throwing I, a name out there. Country is one of those things you don't hear a lot of sax. But I grew up with uh, parents that listened to everything. We had Barbara Streisand, a lot of that. They liked her. But we had uh, Miles Davis, John Coltrane, uh, Yusuf Latif. We had all this jazz that was out there. Yeah. And, and I mean, I remember that Yusuf Latif album. It was called 1984. And my parents probably bought that in like 58, 1958, 1959. And uh, I grew up with this, all this saxophone related music. Yeah. And I, I just always a big time. And so when I heard sax and rock and roll, I loved it. Yeah. I, and that's how it is. Like you hear a sound. Yeah. It's pleasant to your ears. That's kind of how it is with mandolin for me. I, I hear a mandolin, and I'm like, that's just such a cool, to me, that's just a cool-sounding right. instrument. Yeah. I really like the sound of a mandolin. Yeah. And and it, it's the same for with the sax for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you're saying, you, like it just, you know, it tickles the ear the right way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, like I'm with you on the, the rock and roll. Like I always, it would, you know, even a, a small horn section. Right, like three guys, you know, like a yeah. like a, a trumpet player, a saxophone player, and yeah, and uh, you know, typically you you think of that in a in a funk situation, you know, James Brown, whatever, Tower of Power, all of that, super good funk music, but in in rock and roll, it it can be a very raw sound, right? You know, the raw you play. That's that's why I liked um, a good song to listen to is the album version. Of the low spark of high heel boys by traffic, yeah. There's the sax player did just such an excellent job playing his leads in that song. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, the low spark of high heel boys, traffic. Excellent. Yeah. Um. That was your number three, right? The uh, sax. Yeah. So we're. Yeah. What's yours? Um. It. it you know. Guitar. Okay. I mean, as a as a rock drummer, you know, there there is no rock, no, without a guitar player and nope. and uh, you know, there's some so many really good guitar players that can get these crazy sounds out of them. And I know there's effects and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, and just because it's a melodic instrument, you know. Um, there's not a whole lot you can really say about the guitar. It's not a particular sound necessarily. Like I like somebody that plays a, an acoustic guitar that's really good at playing an acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, an acoustic, a good acoustic guitar sounds really cool to yeah. me. Oh yeah. Um, and then you know just the riffs that you know in rock. There, I mean, there, I I can't come up with a song off the top of my head necessarily that just like, ah, that guitar riff is so freaking cool. Yeah. Um, Zach Wilde, I love the way Zach Wilde plays. He does do mm-hmm. the, the squeal thing a lot. That's just kind of his signature yeah. sound, the squeal thing. Uh-huh. But but just playing overall, the squeal thing aside, I mean, he's got, he's got some really cool guitar riffy kind of stuff that that he's done. In, in, you, you listen to him. I like Black Label Society. Right. Right. It's kind of a raw rock and roll, mm-hmm. you know, just just straightforward, punchy, you know, rock. I love that punchy 
rock guitar sound. Yeah. You know, it grabs you. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it grabs you. Yeah. And it's just, it's so cool. But I mean, but then you hear like a classical guitarist play and you're like, wow. Yeah. Or a Spanish guitar. Right. Flamenco. You know? yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, it, yeah. it's just a, you know, it's a great instrument. It, it really is. is, you know, and yeah. that's why like so many kids want to be guitar players, you know, I guess. Uh, there's, um, on, on YouTube, I, uh, there's, there's clips on there and I think, I think it's, there's a store owner. I think his name is Norm. Yeah. I think it's Norm's something guitars, Norm's, Norm's classic guitars. And, and this guy has such a selection. He had a girl, a young girl on there. I don't know if she was 11 or 12. Somewhere in there. Just a, a prodigy. She was playing amazing stuff. And I don't know if it was Norm or someone on his staff that asked her, how long have you been playing? She said, um, I've been playing a year. Jeez. A year. This is why I always say that, that like people say, like, you know, well, you, you learn, you know, um, and dedication and practice, and it's right. like not when you're 11 and you've only been playing for a year. Amazing. That's just born. You were born with this shit. It That's just right. it just now got tapped. I, I'm even now. I'm I'm floored when I think about it. When she said a year, I, my jaw hit the floor. Yeah, you you haven't you haven't been playing. You haven't been alive long enough to oh. have learned this it's amazing it's just there it was there and it just yeah. needed to be tapped exactly which is kind of a scary thought when you think about it uh yeah. a little off topic but um let's say everybody's got like that one thing that if it was tapped if you just if it's you, not necessarily music yeah or whatever Could, but if it was just tapped and <clears throat> mathematics um yeah and and how many people go through life you know living their mundane life because they just never tapped this one thing. Right. Right. You know, but you would think that, you know, if, if you were interested, if you weren't at all interested in, in whatever that thing is, mm-hmm. you know, then would you actually be happy even if you were just great at it? You know? Yeah. Like, okay, I, I hate music, but, uh, I, I'm a virtuoso guitar player, you know, but I don't want to play guitar. I don't yeah. want to be in a band. I don't want to tour. I don't want to, you know. <laughs> I don't know where it came from, but and I and I don't care. Yeah, so it, it's just something that popped into my mind about like untapped potential for like people. Right. Does everybody have that, or is it is it just there are every once in a while, you know, you know this this kid picks up a guitar and a year later they're like holy shit yeah you know absolutely just floored me yeah um but yeah guitar was my number three i guess we're moving on to number two now okay so two for me is uh, keyboards okay (laughs) and 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 the reason i like uh keyboards is because it's a very percussive instrument this is kind of cracking me up and uh, so I'm just going to jump in with my number two, piano. Oh, okay. Piano keyboards. To me, they're the same thing. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So we can, <laughs> yeah, percussive instrument. It's just funny that, and I know our, our top 
top instrument is going to yeah, be. So. Yeah, that's easy. That's easy. <laughs> but yeah, so for p- piano for you. Yeah, I mean, it's so diversified. Uh, you know, you've got you've got Steinway, and then on the other end, you've got um, oh, there's just so many manufacturers. Uh, Kurzweil. I mean, you've got all these manufacturers of electronic keyboards, and they're so capable of everything. They just they're amazing. Yeah, I always looked at it as kind of similar to the harmonica with me. Like how I was saying that that even though I don't know how to actually play it, I you can kind of bl- like if you're sitting around a campfire with, with some friends, you could just pull it out and like make it sound. Like I don't th- know if every anybody could do that or everybody could do that. Right. I think you have to have a musical ear or whatever, but you can kind of f- f- bullshit it a little bit. Yeah, and I feel like I've I've been able to do that with when I've messed around with a keyboard or whatever. Cause you know, when it's, when you hit the wrong note, you can just, it's oh, like, yeah. well, no, 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 but you can kind of fart around and, and actually make something sound like it should. Now I couldn't play it again. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. but the, the reason I like the, the piano so much is, is like you said, it's a percussion instrument. Yeah. Um, and, just the the thought of compose, you know, sitting there, you have your grand piano in your your big room or whatever, you know, and you composing, you're writing on your your sheet music, you know, <laughs> as you're playing, and it'd be, you know, you're coming up with this masterpiece, you That's know. That's right. That's right. Um, and 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 obviously the piano sounds cool, but when you're talking about like keyboards, like you were saying, I mean, what you can do with keyboards. Oh yeah. You know, essentially keyboards. Are, have kind of put drummers out of business in a lot of respects. Yeah, but, true. Um, true. But I mean, just to be able to, to switch from, especially with a really good electronics, you know, to switch from a Steinway sound to a clavinet. I yeah. mean, that's, that's outrageous. Or the old, uh, forget what the, the, back in the sixties and seventies. Hammond, Hammond B3. Yeah. Order. The Hammonds. Yeah. Hammond, yeah. Yeah. Hammond B3. Yeah. Played through a, uh, Oh my god! I just had a brain fart. Played through a uh, oh these the the amplifier used to spin, and if you, if you shook the cabinet, it sounded it sounded like thunder. Oh really? Uh, well, yeah, a Leslie uh, through a, a Leslie um, amplifier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's because I had the uh, coil reverb. Probably if you shook it, yeah, Hammond. it was the springs. Uh, I think that was true with a lot of amps that were coil reverb. Yeah. Like if you moved them around, that coil would oh, yeah. resonate and sound like thunder or whatever. Yeah. Crashing thunder. Yeah. But uh, I guess we'll we'll move on to our uh, number one. And we want to do like a, a countdown. Three, two, one. The drums. drums. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely that was a kind of a no-brainer anybody that knows us knew that was going to be our number one and yeah <clears throat> we could do a whole podcast which we probably will about drums mm-hmm. um so we won't get too involved in in the uh right all the things that we love about drums but we've we've got to definitely give them some time here so for a few minutes. then go back to the basics go back to the very basics with the drums for yourself what um when you were uh, when you were getting into it, I just was there. A fr- was there a, let's say a frustration level with it? Oh yeah! Oh definitely, definitely. 
And that because of that frustration level, probably more than likely, you hit the drums harder. Harder, yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so you were destined to be a rock and roll drummer. Yep. Yep. Exactly. But I mean, what drew me to him? I, I'm not. I can't pinpoint exactly anything, but I think it's because you hit them, and <clears throat> seeing drummers play, just the kit, mm -hmm. and you know, right, throwing their arms around and smashing things, and you yeah. know, it was just like that looks like fun. Oh yeah, you know, I can't remember a time when it wasn't. Uh, the learning curve is can be frustrating, but. As it is with anything, really. The outcome is always fun. I think, uh, I think um, probably, the, like like I said before, the frustration made me push it even harder. Yeah. So, uh, and being, I'm like you, being mostly self-taught, um, it made it quite a bit difficult, and 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 my learning was when I went to concerts. Because uh, when I walked into the hall at a concert, God, I usually got there early. I would just position myself. Okay, where where is, um, where can I catch, you know, the, the side with the hi-hat and the snare and the bass drum and the, your first time and some of that. Yeah. Because to me, that's, that's where I'm learning from. I'm watching the action between the hi-hat and the snare. Yeah, the times I mean, leading into the times, how he's working the symbols. So concerts were were my teacher. Yeah, well, I mean, like records and and concerts and and mm -hmm. uh, you know, my thing is is like I, I there's only a handful of songs that I know the lyrics to. Mm -hmm. Maybe like how you don't know the right? Like I know the catch, the 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 chorus part or whatever. I mean, that's the catch to the song. Yeah. Right. But I'm sorry, but my ears are, I'm so focused on the drum right. parts and yeah. stuff, you know? It's like, I'm not, I mean, who gives a shit? This guy broke up with his girlfriend. I don't give a shit about that. This drummer's really doing something really cool right here. Yeah. You know? I mean, to be the singing drummer, like LeVon Helm in the band. Yeah. That's difficult. And I give anybody, I'll give him kudos like crazy. To be a singing drummer, and uh, yeah, I mean, I did it once, but um, tell me about that. What was the song? "Living After Midnight" by Judas Priest. Oh, okay, um, I think you guys were there. It was at the uh, the, the the place with the loft. Um, no, 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 it wasn't the fireside. It was uh, the Antlers. Oh, okay. If that doesn't tell you where, what kind of podunk fucking place we yeah, <laughs> lived for a the, while, the there was a bar called The Antlers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that night, if it could go wrong, it went wrong. <laughs> um, and uh, and for some reason, I didn't sing my song until like the third set. And it was like, I should have, this should have been the first freaking song on the on the uh, yeah. set list. Because uh -huh. um, I had to sit there and play for two sets going, Holy shit! I gotta sing because I had never sung in front of anybody, and I probably shouldn't have. Probably should have oh, never sang in front of anybody. That's hilarious. Um, but uh, yeah. What, what? Okay, so go back to that night. What did you experience? Because I, I have a my own story. Uh, <clears throat> well, I had the double kick pedal, right? And uh, I remember like right in the middle of one of the songs, it completely like just fell apart. Oh, you're kidding! So yes. I had to like basically 
suffer through the rest of the song. And then I was like, I, I need a minute. <laughs> I guess I got down there and had to put it back together and make yeah. sure everything was working oh with my it. God. And, uh, that, and I think it was just the, the singing thing. I, I'm sure like, you know, there's always a n- number of things that go wrong uh-huh. during a live show. And, and some of them people don't even know. Oh yeah. Except the guys up on stage, you know? Right. Um, what was your story? So I'm, I'm working in a duo, keyboard and drums duo. Just we're, we're trying to survive. We're trying to make money. So we had an agent in Syracuse, and he was sending us to all these little places. And so, I mean, we, we made the best of it. The problem was that Mike, he's, he's using bass pedals. Yeah. So he's using bass pedals and he's got he's got three keyboards. He's got his Fender Rhodes and uh some kind of a Korg uh synthesizer for want of a better word. And there was there was something else. But he, he's doing all of that plus the bass pedals with his feet and he's singing. And he's singing every song. Yeah, I don't even know how you can even do all that. Uh, just because he's he's really talented. Yeah, I mean Getty Lee's he, like, you know. Yeah. From Rush. Oh yeah. Sang, did bass pedals. He also played bass, but right, right. Uh, when he was playing keys, he was using pedals. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, Mike's like, y- you've got to sing one song a night. I mean, the poor guy. Uh, He'd go on break, and he was uh, doing the lemon and honey thing just to keep his his voice as yeah. as best as possible. <laughs> I, you know, so he said, "Look, you've got to do one song. Just do one song." So I said, "All right." He said, "What do you want to do?" And I said, "Try with a little help from my friends." <laughs> I was like, "I I got to go to Ringo. I, yeah. Where else can I go?" I mean, I I grew up with the Beatles. Yeah. The first time I saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, I'm in a room uh, with my family and some good friends. We were at their house, and the Beatles came on, and I don't know what the first song was, Hard Day's Night or whatever. Uh, No, not a Hard Day's Night. That would have been later on. Probably their first hit, uh, whatever that was. And uh, I'll never forget, my father came over grabbed me by the shoulders and backed me up. And he said in my, in my ear, he said, Dan, move away from the TV. Cause everybody else would like to see too. <laughs> <laughs> Cause all I did was see Ringo and I was transfixed. Yeah. Okay. So I thought, well, okay, I'll do a song by Ringo. And we were playing in, uh, Keene, New Hampshire and uh, just a little club. And that's where I learned what a cold sweat was. I actually had a cold sweat. I had always heard the term, but I'm I'm like, cold sweat? What the hell? And it's for real. Yeah. Oh my God. And of course, being a drummer, I had a, I had the perfect place for a cheat sheet. So I, I had the in big letters with magic marker. Cause it's just like me to forget. A song that I, I, I sang, uh, you know, along with the record when I was growing up. Yeah. So forget you the know, lyrics. I got the, I got the latest Beatles record, and I'm, I'm going to learn everything on this. 
And uh, yeah, it's just like me to lose lose the lyrics. Oh, I, but when I when I did that at the Antlers, I had the the lyrics taped to one of the cymbal stands. Oh, you had that? Oh yeah. Mine, mine was, I was laying, not gonna not. I was not gonna lose my way. Mine was just laying loosely on my floor, Tom. Yeah, so I I'm think like, I had mine duct taped to one of the cymbal yeah. stands up so I could look at it. So I'm like, well, I don't need that drum for this song. It's not a big drum song. So. Yeah. Literally had cold sweat. Yeah. Pouring down. But Mike did such a good uh, job of introducing it. Dan's never sung before in front of anyone. He just, he, he didn't tell a, you know, two minute crazy story. He just, right. he just laid it out there. You know, this is, this is a first for him. But yeah. you got through it, right? I got through it. And when we went on break, I said, Mike, I said, now I understand what a cold sweat is. Yeah. I, I actually had it happening to me while I was singing. And I'm never doing it again. <laughs> well, it didn't happen again. I, I sang it again, but it, it the cold sweat right, didn't right. happen. Once you get it out of your system, because I used to sing that song at rehearsal after that too. But yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's just the uh, playing like like anything complex. I don't know how how you could really do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like. Living After Midnight's a pretty straightforward song. Yeah. Any of the fills, there's no vocals during it, so you can, you know, you can play the fill and yeah, and move back to the, the microphone and stuff. But, uh-huh. yeah, it wasn't something that I would, I, I think I'd want to do on a regular basis. You know, like like you one song during the gig or something like, you know, yeah. like the Kiss thing with Peter Chris, you know, Beth. Oh, yeah. You know, or right. whatever. Um, but... Yeah, I wouldn't want to do like, you know, 10 or 12 songs a night, you know, having to play and sing at the same time. Yeah. I I don't know. It wouldn't be for me. No. But I guess on that note, we ought to call it a uh, call it a show. Okay. We're, uh, we're at uh, hour 20, so. Oh, oh no kidding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I want to take a look at mom's computer before you guys leave so yes i'll make sure yes. i have a uh i'm not only a podcast podcast host i'm also a, a tech guy yeah well on the side and and we your mother and i are both technically challenged to the max <laughs> that's why i played an acoustic instrument yeah <laughs> no knobs no no nope. just me and a natural drumstick Made out of hickory or whatever. Yep. Same here. But uh, anyways, I uh, hope you enjoyed the the podcast. And uh, I guess we'll catch you next time. I'm the kid. I'm Dan Lee. Peace out. Peace out.